Hi, welcome to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast with John. Hi. And Hannah. And today we're talking about planned games versus sandbox games. So the other day we were chatting to someone on Zoom and you were talking about the differences between running your vampire game and your Midlands game. Yeah, yeah. And how one of them's quite planned and the other one's quite sandboxy. Yeah. And I was thinking about like the differences between the ship game and the um, space, station, space game. station game that I've been doing for my Star Trek campaign and how the ship game was very, very planned. Each would be like a contained adventure. Yeah. yeah. For each game session whereas the uh, space station game is very sandbox a lot of it I don't know what the players are going to do so it's down to them I suppose for anyone who's not familiar with it we should probably explain a little bit about what a sandbox is now what I understand it to be effectively the GM creates like an area or a world or something Mm -hmm. like that there might be plots in it but they're all just dotted around then they just turn the players loose in it and they go their own way they do their own thing which is a bit like the hex crawls we were talking about in Monday's episode but without the sort of structure that a hex crawl has necessarily yeah so a, a sandbox game vampires one that's very like that because it tends to be driven by the players and the players goals yeah certainly in um, my vampire game as you were talking about just then i've pretty much created the city we've had i've set an initial sort of premise there's been this second inquisition that's purged most of the kindred the player characters and a few others are what's left and they're trying to dodge a second inquisition but beyond that, they're free to do what they want. Mm-hmm. My players have decided to try and re-establish the masquerade and sort of police, in inverted commas, the kindred, because they're like, oh, if one person gives the game away and the second Inquisition realises we're still here, they'll come for us again. But that was entirely their making. I just sort of went, this is what's happened up to now. Here's your players. Here's your haven. Here's what you've got. Go at it. So, yeah, uh, sandbox games are... I mean, it's a term that's more commonly used in computer games. And yeah, they use it interchangeably a lot of times with like open world, don't they? Computer yeah. Games. Um, th- there's a world out there the players can explore if they choose to, but the game is going to be about them and what they do. So, what would you say some of the pros and cons are of like a sandbox style so game? With. A sandbox game, the players obviously have a huge amount of influence on the world building. And I'd say that's the main pro, while not necessarily always being a good thing for the GM. I I think think that can... And this underlines with um, sandbox games how you need to be able to trust your players. Yeah, I mean, I think that can vary a bit, because I mean, it depends on how open world the GM sandbox is which I know sounds a bit ridiculous (laughs) but like I say in my game I pretty much went here's a few vampires here's a city area go at it whereas I could have detailed out more stuff if I'd have wanted to but that wouldn't have been led by the players as you were saying so it's varying degrees of it but yeah I can certainly see your point so that means that the players obviously feel like they have a lot more influence on the game, even if yes. it's not specifically on the world-building part of the game. I mean, if they go and kill all your NPCs and put new people in charge, they've had an effect on the world-building Oh, yeah, of, the game. of course, yeah. I mean, it's, it's that whole thing, isn't it? That illusion of choice, like how much choice do we mm-hmm. actually have? 
But as long as, you, well, like in real life, as long as you feel like your choices are meaningful, oftentimes that's enough. And obviously that leads on to the cons of the sun, of the uh, planned game, being that players can feel quite railroaded by plot if you've got like specific adventures and things are too tightly planned the players feel like they don't have any influence yeah they don't have any player agency now i I can certainly see your point there i mean i think you can run a planned game like an adventure path or something like that and as long as it has choices within it that's grand but i think you can find some planned modules where there's not really a lot of choice or your choices don't matter Mm -hmm. and that can lead to feeling like you're on these rails and you're just going from point a to point b so yeah i think you're absolutely right now, one of the cons of sandbox game is that if you're going for a purely sandbox approach, mm-hmm. you've got no real plan when you get to your game because you don't know what your players are going to do. Now, obviously, you can counter that with things like downtimes in Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah. But going into a game not knowing what's going to happen means that you've got no main light story for yeah. that session which can mean that you end up with quite a few, like, dud sessions. Yeah, I mean... But uh, when people do plan little things here and there and then it you manage to bring it all together at the end, that yeah. can be really rewarding. I mean, I've personally got a few ways of dealing with this. I mean, the first one is, as you say, the players just pull something entirely random out of the bag. You either have to call for a bit of a break while you do some hasty planning, mm-hmm. wrap up the session there and say, sorry, I'm not planned for this. Mm-hmm. We'll cut back in next week when I've had time to prep, which is a perfectly valid way of doing it. But one thing I've started doing is, at the end of each session, just saying to the players... Right, what do you want to do next session? And if they go, oh, we're going to take down this vampire who's like running this block over there, I can go, right, I best make sure I've got that vampire, his haven worked out, his defences, whatever. And I say that to players with the understanding that if you tell me what you want to do, I can be better prepped for it and you'll get a better session as a result. Now, if they come to the next session and randomly do something else and forget about that, I'll say, fine, we'll go with that, but we do so on the understanding I'm not as well prepped as I would have been if you'd stuck to your gun, so to speak. I'm sure there's other ways of dealing with it, but that's just one way I've found of doing it, because I keep in touch with my players via Facebook and whatever, so we just have a little message thing going, and I'll say, right, okay, we've got two weeks before the next session, discuss what you want to do. Once the couple, the two of you have decided, let me know on the message, and I'll get prepping. I've still got a week to prep for it. Happy days. So I do something quite similar with my game. Um, our, one of my players is excellent at taking notes, and at the start of every session, we'll go, oh, previously on Star Trek. And we'll get her to give us a little rundown of what's been going on like with the story so far. And then at the end of the session, we'll go, oh, next week on Star Trek. Nice, I like that. We'll, we'll, get a bit we'll of a in there. Try and get a bit of an idea of what's going on. Um, usually I've got an idea of what the next session's going to be. Because in addition to whatever all the players are doing, I've got a couple of NPCs who've got a couple of devious plans and I know what's going to be happening with that. Yeah. So I can say, oh, this will be happening. What about you lot? Are you going to be working on the space station? Are you going to be exploring more of the system? Whatever. Okay. And, yeah, uh, well, sometimes I remember to do it. (laughs) Um, But that is a good way to plan ahead for a sandbox game 
Um, and, and as we've, as we've said balance, before, yeah. we, we keep sort of banging on about it. It's just being honest with your players, yeah. like just saying to them, look, in all honesty, yeah. if you tell me what you want to do, I can prep better for it, you get a better game, everyone's a winner. So when you're looking at the planning of the game, like whatever you can do is worth doing, even if it's like a sandbox player-led game. If you can get the players to give you a couple of hints as to what they're going to do next session... Again, it gives them that feeling that they're in control of the story to some degree. Yeah, and this is where like um, a, a short yeah. player character background can be handy. Because like, let's say you're running a D&D game and you've got a player who's like, oh, my character was wronged by the undead and I hate undead. You know if on your hex map you say, oh, there's some undead lurking over there, they're probably going to go for it. So that mm-hmm. can be handy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now... With a very planned game where you don't have as much influence from the players, you can end up with a lot of stuff that goes to waste, but also you've got a lot more control over certain elements. Yeah. And if your game's going to have like a lot of dark stuff in it, I'd recommend make sure you do plan out those scenes and work out exactly how far you think it's all right to go yeah and have a discussion with your players about it before again as well yeah we, we've talked about that before but, but yeah i mean i think one of the one of the sort of like slight balances to that is because i agree with you that, that mm. if you plan for loads of stuff like oh in, in the west this is going on and the players immediately go east mm. a lot of that potentially goes to waste in inverted commas but if the players haven't seen it there's nothing to stop you either saving it to later or recycling elements from it. And I'm not saying you should simply go like, oh, this adventure's here, or they've gone somewhere else, I'm going to move the whole adventure over there, because that's that whole quantum ogre thing where it eliminates the player choice. But there's no reason you can't look at it and go like, all right, so I've got this map for a cave system, right, I'm going to just tweak that a little bit, put a cave system over here, and maybe put some different monsters in it, and you can reuse all that material. Mm. Yeah, that that's definitely part of that railroading element, this quantum ogre thing that you're talking about. Yeah, and, and for those of you who aren't aware, really careful of it. The, the quantum ogre is basically the idea that in a game you you come to a fork in the road that go one fork goes left, one goes right. The GM's notes say if you go left, you meet the ogre. The players go right, and the GM's like, are they going to miss the ogre? So he just moves it over to the right hand track, which okay. eliminates the player agency and the player choice. Exactly. Um, so, planned games versus sandbox games. And I yeah. think even as we've been having this discussion, we've sort of fallen in the middle here, that you need to let your players have a bit of influence on the game and the story. Yeah, I mean, I always strive for like a sort of a happy medium because I do like to have the feeling that the player characters can go and do what they want. I don't really like to say to them, like, oh, here's this, you've got to just get to the end of here or do this plot and that's done. Um even in slightly more standard D&D games, I prefer like your hex crawls, your point crawls, stuff mm-hmm. that allows you to explore and do your own thing because it's more interesting for me as a GM, whereas mm-hmm. if I have everything planned out to the nth degree, I know exactly what's going to happen. There's no spontaneity for me, which is also why I like random charts. But I do like to fall into the middle because I think whilst I'm happy improving stuff, and I can do that, that's not a problem. Not everyone's as comfortable with that as I am, but... Even for myself, I know that if I have a little bit of prep time for something, even if it's just jotting down a few notes, it'll enable me to keep my world more consistent 
and it will mean that I'll be more prepared. And as soon as the player characters ask me a question, like, oh, what's, what sort of building does this vampire guy live in? And I can instantly look at my notes and go, oh, yeah, he lives in a... He lives in a mansion. It's surrounded by wrought iron fences. It's got like a nice garden with statues in, and he's got a butler who answers his front door. And I can just go with that. Whereas if I have to improv, I, I might have to take a step back for a few moments, consider it, and I'll also have to try and keep things in memory to keep it consistent with the rest of the game, or note down what I say so I can keep it consistent if they go back there again. And one of the pro of planned games is obviously that the GM has an achievable goal in mind at yeah. the start of the session yeah. there is a win condition for the story which means that when the players get to that win condition they know that they've won and you get the sense of achievement for having done that yeah I mean, whereas with a more sandboxy game it can be difficult to define those wins true, in the same true. way yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why dungeons were so popular in early D&D is because they sort of distill all that down and strike a happy medium because mm. it's planned out because the whole dungeon's planned out. There's an achievable goal, you know, kill the lich, get the treasure, whatever, escape from the drow, whatever it is. But there's still choices in there because the best dungeons have, like, different passages and different ways you can go and different areas and stuff you can discover that's not the main plot or the main goal, but you still have that main goal. But like with any game, you can get good dungeons, you can get bad dungeons. So what I'd classify as a bad dungeon is one where it doesn't really matter what forks you take, you all eventually like end up in the same place and it doesn't really affect the sort of end game, whatever route you take through the dungeon. Whereas if you like go on a go on what I consider to be a good dungeon, you probably will still end up at the final encounter because that's the goal. But the different paths you take to get there will have effects on that. Whether that's you find some other adventurers, you're able to save them, you get a few hirelings, whether you're able to find some treasure that will help you in the final battle against the Lich or whatever, all of the choices have like a knock-on effect in the game. But like I say, that's that's why Dungeons, I think, were so popular back in the early days. And, and they're still quite popular now. They sort of distill that down into a very simple form where you have choices but you also have an end goal mm. and there's a built-in structure. The dungeon is there, explore dungeon, find your way through, avoid traps, kill the monster, get the treasure. Now, something that I've noticed when running games for conventions yeah. is that you can give people the same dungeon, the same characters on paper. Oh, yeah. And different groups of people will play them completely differently. And it's again about striking that balance yes. obviously with convention games you tend to have every single detail nailed down because you're going to be running it so many times mm -hmm. that everything will get found eventually um well one of the one of the things i like to do is uh, when i even when i'm doing a planned game or i'm doing a dungeon as i'm going along i'll leave sort of little bits blank Mm. for me to fill in which is partly to keep it interesting for myself but it also allows me to like improvise some of the sort of smaller elements whilst having the main sort of stuff i need planned out and i do the same when, I'm, when we're doing our games on demand stuff so i ran a game which was set on a, a small sort of spaceship with like white star it was like people exploring it in a crazy mm -hmm. ai on the ship and stuff like that mm -hmm. but 
I'd left the exact reason for them doing it blank, and I'd left a few of the different areas on the ship blank. They were mapped out, but what was in there I left blank. So each time I ran it, we run the games multiple times, I could tweak it or change it a bit. So on the first one, they go into this room, and oh, it's a cryogenic suspension chamber with some of the crew like frozen in there, and I can riff on that because it's a sci-fi trope. The next time they go in there, oh, it's a maintenance bay, and there's like a there's a repair a broken repair droid in there. And that meant, because it wasn't like a main sort of encounter, it didn't really massively affect the flow of the game or make it difficult to run, but it also kept it interesting for me. And a lot of times that stuff the players came up with when they're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could find X? I'll write it down. And then like in a future version of the game, I'm like, oh yeah, well, they said they wanted to find like a hyperdrive chamber. Oh yeah, I can put a hyperdrive chamber. And you can just change it. So you can still have that control but it also allows you a little bit of wiggle room and a bit of room to be creative, which I quite like. Now, similarly, obviously, convention games are like the most pre-planned that games tend to get, whereas when we go LARPing, that is effectively a sandbox. There's yeah. 500 people in costume in a field, and generally the GMs will roll out some monsters at some point. Yeah. But if you want any like story plot line, you need to go out there and talk to other players and get involved in everything. Yeah. And y- you basically need to go and make your own fun because there's so few GMs to how many players there are. Yeah, definitely. You're unlikely to encounter major plot. Like by accident. Yeah. <laughs> you-, you need to go out there and make your own fun. Yeah, and as we were saying in the episode on hex crawls, um, a large part of a game. I mean, I know there's this sort of fallacy that like the GM's responsible for everyone's enjoyment, and they are to mm-hmm. a degree. But also, players have to be willing to like motivate themselves to like throw themselves into the game. So it's no good if you start a game and you just sit there going, "Oh, I don't know what to do," and you don't try anything, and then saying, "Oh, well, nothing happened." And it's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, because unless the GM forces it which, again, means they're sort of pushing you, you're not really responsible for that, then, yeah, nothing's going to happen. Which is one of the reasons why I like to start off my campaigns with, like, a definite sort of, like, action event. So, like, in The Vampire, I was saying, you know, all the vampires have been wiped out by the Inquisition except for a handful. But that's in the background of the game, but it immediately frames the sort of start of the game. So the player characters know where they are at the start, they know what the situation is and it gives them something to sort of riff on, but how they react to it is then up to them, but it sort of gives them a bit of a jumping-off point without pushing them too much. Mm-hmm. So, sandbox games versus planned games, John. Well, if I, if I, This is going to sound like a bit of a cop-out, but for me, as we were saying earlier, I think it comes down to having a balance of the two, yeah. because I think if you go to one extreme or the other with either of them, you're going to run into problems, because... I personally would find if I was running a sandbox game and it was all improv all the time, no planning whatsoever, I'd have to keep so many notes. As it expanded, it become more and more difficult to keep things consistent and mm-hmm. I'd probably struggle with it. Whereas if I was doing a fully planned game, I personally would find it a bit boring to run because I know everything that was going to happen. And also, I suspect after a while, it had become very difficult and the players wouldn't really have as much agency. So I tend to go for a sandbox, but with planned elements in it. Well, Errors, again, that balance. Yeah. But what I would tend to say is start out with a planned game. Yeah. Run five or six sessions where it's a simple story. 
and give the players time to put their characters together effectively and to get a group dynamic going and then start building on that group dynamic and using that to make it more sandboxy. I think as well it depends. I'm absolutely right, but I think as well it depends on your group of players as well. True. So, for instance, if I wanted to run a hex crawl now in my group, I know they're all sort of they're all sort of quite um, experienced role players. They've played hex crawls before. I could just be like, "Here's a hex crawl, like boom, let's go." Whereas if I was running for a slightly less experienced group, like you've been doing with your Star Trek game, I expect I would go a little bit more for your style, where you know you have like a slightly more planned start to the campaign to like ease them into it, and then you start introducing the world building bits. I only intended to do six sessions. Well, I think it's, it's a mark of six our... episodes on a ship, and that was it. Well, it's a mark of how people are enjoying your game. <laughs> I take it as a compliment, love, that you fact you're still running it. How many sessions are you in now? I don't know, it's three years and a couple of months. There you go, the fact that you only started off as a small game and the fact everyone's enjoyed it and it's kept going, I mean, that's a pretty rare thing nowadays to keep a game going for three years, so, yeah, I think you should take it as a compliment, love. Anyway, I think that's about it for planned and sandbox games. We seem to have decided, although we're approaching it from slightly different directions, that we'd both probably meet in the middle somewhere and try and get a balance between the two. So, if you've got any questions or comments maybe you want to tell us which you prefer planned or sandbox games you can leave us a voicemail on speakpipe uh, link in the description below or you can send us an email to rdrpgpodcast at gmail.com until we see you next time take care stay safe and keep gaming bye